1: hold anything too tightly just wish for it want it let it come from the intention of real truth for you and then let it go
0: for me our soul is like it's unbound it's limitless but we will use words to limit ourselves when people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming we turn to ourselves and that's where you become empowered Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, and this is the Goop Podcast, where we bring together thought leaders, scientists, healers, creatives, and seekers. I'm so grateful to be able to interview these bright minds and share their incredible wisdom with you. And I especially love listening to the conversations that are led by my brilliant co-host and friend, Erica Chitty. Erica is the CEO and co-founder of Loom, and she's been a part of the Goop family since the beginning days. We believe that simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. I'll let Erica fill you in on her guest today.
1: Today, I got to chat with Nedra glover Tawab. Nedra is a licensed therapist and a relationship boundaries expert. She's also a New York Times bestselling author. Nedra's book is called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. As Nedra explains today, maintaining healthy boundaries in any kind of relationship takes practice. We talked about how to get clear on which boundaries are important to you, strategies for communicating your boundaries, and ways to approach setting boundaries with your family. Nedra has so many practical insights, and I think you'll find much of what she shares today to be clarifying. Okay, Let's get to Nedra Glover-Twop. Hi Nedra, how are you doing? I am well. How are you? I'm good. Excited to speak to you today. So I think my first question for you is what is a boundary? How would you define that?
2: I define a boundary as something that makes you feel safe and comfortable in your relationships. Some boundaries are verbal where we say to people, I like, I want, I need, I'm not okay with this. No. And some boundaries are things that we do. You know, it's the relationships that we choose to be in. It's the, you know, way we choose to show up in those relationships, but boundaries are behavior or they can be verbal.
1: And why is it important to have personal boundaries? What is the purpose of that?
2: The purpose is for you to feel good about your relationships. I find that people are often anxious, overwhelmed, resentful, because we feel like all of these things are happening to us and we have no power. And the boundary is the space for you to sort of stand up for yourself, assert your needs, speak your values to the other people in your life. And how do we make sure our boundaries
1: aren't crossed?
2: We communicate them. So often we think we're setting boundaries and we haven't said anything because we believe like, you know, our personal boundaries are like these societal rules that everybody know and everyone isn't operating on the same boundaries. So it's really important to verbalize to people, not assume that they already know, but clearly state to people what your needs are.
1: So what are signs that you need boundaries? How do you know that, okay, I I need help. Creating those? What does that look like?
2: The biggest sign that I see is feeling resentment towards other people. It is the experience of burnout, it is how we feel moving through situations. Are we anxious? Are we frustrated? are we feeling overwhelmed? Those are all key indicators that you need boundaries. I think when we start to routinely think about escaping or quitting or, you know, going off to some island by ourselves, those are signs that, wow, we have a life that we're not happy with. What things do I need right now here today and in this moment?
1: So how do you help people create boundaries? What does it look like to start that process?
2: I talk to people about the sort of life that they want to live for each of us that's different. Typically with therapy, it starts with a problem. So what challenge are you having? If your challenge is... My mother in law feels like she's the third parent in my relationship, and she's telling me how to raise my kids. And, you know, they're looking at her instead of, you know, me and my partner for parenting. Then we would talk about, you know, how do you rebuild a structure where, you know, you and your partner are primary parents? What things need to be said to this in law? What behaviors can you
1: change to make it clear that these are your boundaries? And so when you talk about questions, what questions do we need to ask ourselves to figure out what boundaries are important? Because you just called out a parenting dynamic where there's an in-law, mother-in-law who's getting involved in what parenting can look like or, you know, what what would be considered a core component of the relationship there is this outside energy. How do you get clear on what people or which people need boundaries in your life? Mm.
2: I think you start with the most troubled relationship because everyone doesn't need boundaries and everyone won't need the same boundaries. There are some people who naturally fall into what we want or need and there are others where we have to directly say to them, this is you know, what I need in this moment. And I think sometimes we get really tripped up because there are some people in our life who are just naturally respecting boundaries, because guess what? It's a boundary for them, too. But there are other people where it's like, why don't they get this? And it's like, this isn't their boundary. Like this is something you'll have to explain to them. I think, you know, a really quick, simple example is, you know, how do you handle if someone wants to visit you unannounced. There are some people who don't care about that. There are others who are like, I do not like surprise visitors. It's wonderful if everyone in your life feels the same way about it. And sometimes when they don't, that's where the conflict comes. And you have to say to this person, hey, before you stop by, please call me. I do not like unannounced visitors. I like to be prepared. So saying that to the other person is really important instead of assuming that just like, you know, the other primary relationships in your life, they'll get it. They will eventually figure it out. Typically we're sitting, we're upset with them. We're like, why is this person like this? What's wrong with them? What kind of person does this? I can't believe they wouldn't even think to give me a call. It's not their boundary. It is your boundary. It is a thing that it seems like you have a big issue with say it to them. They're not getting it because they probably don't care if you pop up at their house. They, you know, they're doing what they think is appropriate.
1: You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I am one of those people who does not like surprise visits. And I have a very close friend who is my family who I will not name so that they don't have a little tightness in whatever seat they're sitting in right now. But... I hate when people come to visit me and they don't call me first because I, I'm i deeply introverted. I have a lot of solo rituals and I like to just do a lot of nothing a lot of the time. And when I want to interact with people, I really carve out a certain part of my energy and my personality. Like I turn on a, a part of my personality to be able to engage with people. And that's not because... I'm different when I'm not with people. It's just a different part of me has to come to the table. And to have and to conjure that part, it's a very conscious decision on my part. Mm-hmm. So to have someone come and kind of interrupt this other mode that I'm in, it, it, it's very tricky for me. But I've gotten better at just saying when people do it, like, I love you, but I really don't want you to do this ever. Mm-hmm because it's really stressful and and actually the people who know me best know that I'm you know I'm all about just plan in advance like that's really respecting like my energy and my boundary but knowing that other people want me to come and go as I please and is something that I've had to negotiate because for me, love doesn't look that way. Relationships don't look that way for me, but I'm happy to engage with people on their terms and their boundaries. But all I ask is that they do the same for me. And it's it's not that I don't love them anymore or 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 care. It's like, I care for them in the same way. I, 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 the, the care and love is the same. It's mm-hmm. just differently. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's wonderful when we can be in relationships and honor different levels of boundaries. Like the boundary that I have is not the boundary that you need to have in any situation. So there are times where people will say, well, what would you do? Well, I'm going to do what I can handle, right? Like I can handle saying to this person, I don't like this. This is what I prefer. You might not be able to use those words. (laughs) You know, there's a different set of words maybe your words is, I don't know, let me think about it. And then you text them, you know, hey, it won't work for me. You do what's best for you. It's not like this, oh my gosh, I have to do it this one way because that is really stressful to think that we have to explore boundaries as if we're all the same.
1: Mm -hmm. I also think that that phrase, like, I don't know, let me think about it in itself feels like a boundary. I think oftentimes we feel like we need to give an immediate response, a yes or a no. And sometimes feeling that we have to decide can feel really stressful that can create a lot of anxiety. And so, you know, I, I really do feel, and I'm curious if that resonates with you, just saying, I don't know, can I have some time can be, can that be a boundary?
2: I think it can be a boundary, and we have to be careful that we're not saying, I don't know. And we know it's a no, right? Because sometimes we do that as well. We'll say, I don't know, and we'll leave a person hanging until the very last minute. And then we say, Okay, no. And it's like, Well, it was today. <laughs> you know, I asked you three weeks ago. And, you know, in our heads, we feel like saying no is the worst thing ever. I, I think about that sometimes with party invites you know, I'd rather you just say you can't come than to say, let me think about it. And then I'm like planning seating or planning how many, you know, servings of food we need or these sort of things. And then it's like, last minute, I can't come. It's like, okay, so you knew you had this trip, but you didn't want to tell me no. And so now I have too much food. So I think I don't know is great if you really don't know, but there are times when we are using that phrase and we do know, and we think we're helping this other person not feel as bad, but sometimes no is a, a very clarifying statement for people. They can figure out what to do once they know what your position is on something.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. Tumi has a soft side. Discover their new Asra bag collection in its pillowy pleats, satin finish, and crescent shape. Asra is the bag to carry for your nine to five and the five to nine plans that follow. Versatility, after all, is Tumi's signature. Shop the full Asra collection on Tumi.com or at a Tumi store near you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation.
1: So you talk about poor self-care being an issue with boundaries. How are self-care and boundaries connected?
2: Self-care, self-nurturing, when we are unable to do things like slow down, not feel so rushed, read a book, have lunch with a friend, polish our fingernails, whatever those things are that you can consider self-care activity, step away from your phone watch a movie, whatever those things are. It is a boundary issue. Like what other things are you doing too much of or overextending yourself where you can't even have a few moments for yourself? You know, I've I've told some adults, like, you know, try meditating five minutes. They're like, I don't have time. You don't have five minutes. And it's not always people taking our time. Sometimes it's, we are using time on other things. It is me hopping on social media for four hours and then saying, I don't have five minutes. Well, yeah, I don't (laughs) because I've spent all of my free time in an area where I'm not very proud of, you know, maybe I, maybe I do want to spend three hours there, but not four. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not the average. I think the average is a little lower, but we have to figure out how to use the time we have. It's almost like planning our time to be with ourselves.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. And you talk about boundaries falling in two categories, big B and little B. Can you mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, I think about the big big B things are the things that we'll re- experience on a reoccurring basis, right? That person constantly, Saying that passive aggressive thing to us, our parents talking about our weight, the friend who will keep gossiping to you about other friends. It bothers us all the time. We're thinking about it. We never say anything. Little b, it's more of these things that occur with like maybe a stranger, right? You go to the grocery store and, you know, there's some guy that calls you little missy or something. And you're like, oh, wow, sir, that's interesting you know maybe you you say something to him or you don't but it's not one of those situations where you'll see that guy all the time it'll penetrate through your day it's like a small annoyance i think both of those things can be addressed you know you can say to that man hey you know please don't refer to me as little missy or you know you can say to your parent hey please stop talking about my weight It is just a matter of noticing that those situations are different, right? Like there are some things that are persistent and there are some things that are, you know, one-offs.
1: So how do you help yourself not feel bad or guilty when you have to set limits or create boundaries with people? You talk about it being essential to reframe how we think about this process. What are some of the ways that we can reframe that for ourselves?
2: The biggest is that guilt is a part of the process. I don't know if we need to move away from feeling as we set boundaries. We feel guilty because we care. We want our relationships to work. We do care what other people think about us. So it's not a terrible thing to feel guilty. It's a sign of being concerned, of being conscientious of you know worrying about how this boundary is landing with the other person. I would say that over time as you start to set boundaries as you become more comfortable with that process there is less guilt because it becomes this second nature experience of just saying, you know, let me think about that. It's not like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say here. You've practiced so much that it just rolls off your tongue to say, you know, I would like to help you with this instead of that, because that is not my thing. Actually, I really want to spend some time with you, but Friday won't work. It'll be much easier to set them. You will experience less guilt, but in the beginning, it takes, you know, time to get comfortable with advocating for yourself when you come from a background of not doing so.
1: You also mentioned that there are unsuccessful ways to communicate our boundaries, for example, being... Passive, manipulative, aggressive, or passive aggressive. Can you walk us through how to successfully communicate a boundary? What's a way to do it without creating more harm in the process?
2: Assume that the other person has no clue what your boundary is and be very clear. When we assume that they should know there is some common sense, we go in with questions, we go in with interrogation, we go in with trying to get them to think like us. And none of that is necessary. What we really need to say is the thing we want. We don't need to focus on the problem. The other day when you came over here, you took your shoes off at the door. I wanted you to take them off outside. That's a lot of information when we could just say something like, next time when you come over, please take your shoes off outside. Right. That's very clear to the point of the boundary. We typically say a lot of stuff and we don't even state the boundary. We just tell people a big old problem and we leave it to that person to figure out how to how to do better next time. I think they don't know. (laughs) I think that's why they violated the boundary, because they don't even know. They're just like, oh, okay, that's a problem. All right. Well, they might try to do the problem. A little bit better next time, but it's still not going to be, you know, maybe what you want because, again, you have to be crystal clear. This is what I want, this is what I need, and keep it as short as possible when possible.
0: Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers, And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side to learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host.
1: That's really insightful, especially not really inviting the person into the problem, just continuing to state the boundary, Mm -hmm. I think really powerful and, and helpful. Well, that takes me to thinking about what typically for a lot of people is a challenging relationship and that's trying to set family boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, when you become an adult, you have to figure out what it looks like to have boundaries with your parents. And this is kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier. How do you determine what level of contact is healthy especially when there's cultural components. I think for both of us as Black women, there can typically be a lot more intensity or, or or rigidity around what and how much you're supposed to communicate with your family. How do you approach setting boundaries with with them, especially mm-hmm. if your dynamics with your parents or your family of origin has always been difficult or uncomfortable? Yeah,
2: I I think adulthood is really about becoming more of yourself. And as you become more of yourself, you will notice some problems that you have with family, you know, some of the things you want to change, the values that might be different and communicating that can be challenging, particularly when your family is not on the same page as you. For many people, setting boundaries with their family is the hardest thing to do because When we think about being children, it's a lot of being told, right? You are told what to do, how to show up, wear your hair like this, do this. This is what we are doing today. You know, there is a lot of authority happening. And when you become an adult, you are the authority. You don't have to eat certain things. You don't have to go certain places. You don't have to answer your phone. There is this you know, bucket of freedom that just opens wide for you. That can be very challenging to a family that wants you to be just like them or to be the the you that they've always known you to be. In those situations, I think the biggest thing that that helps is time. You allowing it to take some time for them to unlearn that old version of you. Because they had 18 years of it. And often with family, we don't give it time. We're like, I told my mom this one thing today and she's not doing it tomorrow. And it's like, well, you know, she's been doing something else for 18 years, for 22, sometimes for 47. You know, whatever age you set this boundary, it takes a while to learn a new thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't believe me, remember, I remember learning how to read, it took some time. You know, learning how to write in cursive, learning how to, you know, ride a bike or do anything new, learning how to skateboard. Things take time. We don't learn new things and quickly apply them. Okay, I watched you skateboard, now I'm a pro. Doesn't work like that. You know, it takes time. It takes falling off, failing. And it takes that same amount of time as we're in relationships and we're asking people to do this new thing. They have to have this period of learning. You know, it's 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 like on the job training when you get a new job the expectation is what it used to be about 90 days. 90 days and you should understand this job better. How about we give people, you know, when they're willing to respect the boundary some some time to adjust, some time to get it wrong. Now there are times when Family members will not respect your boundary. They have no interest in it. All they want you to do is go back to that old way of being. And that's when the behavior has to change on your end in a relationship because they are showing, I'm not interested in honoring your boundaries. So you have to decide, how can I show up with this person who is saying, I don't want to do that?
1: And how do you show up with a person who says they don't want to do that? What would you suggest there if you've tried communicating and it's not moving in the direction that you want?
2: Mm. It depends on the thing that they don't want to do, right? The thing could be, hey, you know, I'm vegan now. Can you know you prepare a dish for me? Maybe they, you know, some people don't know how to cook without pork, Some people don't know how to, you know, so you're now asking them to change their whole 40-year recipe, right? Perhaps the behavior you could change is to eat before you go. Take something that is, you know, suitable for you to eat. Send them some recipes that they can prepare and say, hey, can you make one of these for me? Perhaps that is the behavior. Now, if it is something like, you know, a parent being abusive in an adult relationship because that happens you know there are situations where parents are demeaning they cuss their children out no matter what age they are those are things where you can say you know hey i've asked for you to not talk to me like that and when you start to go down that path this is what i'll do i will end the conversation and i will allow you to gather yourself and we'll have to speak another time But I'm not going to be on the phone and be cussed out. I'm not going to sit through that because that's not a behavior that I'm willing to tolerate anymore.
1: Let's flip it around and talk about younger children for those that actually are currently parenting. How can you as a parent start to get your child or children comfortable with setting boundaries and also respecting them?
2: Mm. The best thing parents can do is really honor the boundaries that they already set. Kids are setting boundaries all day. And I know this, I have two little kids and they're. I don't wanna do this, I want this, can I have that? You know, all of these things. I don't like, you know, they'll tell you who they don't like. I like this person more than that person. Or I don't wanna, you know, we had a period of, I don't wanna wear jeans and, you know, just, all sorts of stuff. I want to read two books instead. We don't make this macaroni from the freezer. Make this one from the box. You know, they have <laughs> all of these these things that we have the ability to honor. When when my kids say they don't like someone, I automatically ask why. Right? Why? Because it, you know it, it, it's useful to know. Sometimes they'll say, you know, this person doesn't talk to me a lot, or this person is mean to me. Or this person is not as nice as this other teacher, you know, like all of these things. And it makes sense. Like, yeah, I guess you would like this one teacher more than the other teacher. If someone's nice to you, I wouldn't even tell an adult that that doesn't make sense. It's like, wow. okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So a lot of it is talking to them about what they're feeling and why, and also when appropriate, honoring it. There are times where you may have to wear clothes to go outside. I've heard people say, my kid doesn't like to wear clothes at all. What do I do? Well, you have to go outside with clothes on, right? So we can't say, let me honor your boundary and let you walk around nude. (laughs) You You can't do that. So that might be an instance where you say, hey, look, in the house, we don't really care, right? You know, in your bedroom, but, you know, maybe, maybe we have an hour, you know, you'd be free. But when we leave out of the house and windows are open and these sort of things, you have to put on something. Maybe even in the house, you need to wear a T-shirt. You know, what are the boundaries that would make this situation more appropriate because kids cannot decide you know everything for themselves if it was up to kids you know they would watch endless amounts of youtube eat all the macaroni and chicken nuggets in the world and have uh, you know one thousand bites of sugar per day with cups of juice (laughs) so we don't want them running the world but we do want them to you know have some some power and autonomy over who they are.
1: This is all incredibly helpful and actionable, which I think is always something we try to cultivate here on this podcast is if you spend a little bit of time, you're going to walk away with something you can put into your life that same day. And I feel like this conversation has yielded so much of that. And so I'm so grateful for you taking the time to just firstly write this book, which I I am very... Happy to have a copy of my office and I'm I'm excited for people to put this into practice because I think we really need as much help as we can to figure out how to take care of ourselves and, and boundaries are such an important part of that. So thank you for taking the time with me today.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode with Nedra Glover-Tawwabh. If you haven't already, I hope you'll seek out her book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. You can also find her on Instagram at Nedra Toop. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Goop Podcast.